Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream, good ready. This is Eli's on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to cover today. We have very little time to do it. And by very little time, I mean. What, about two hours? I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to squeeze into today's episode. I really, really don't. Because let me tell you, this first story sounds like earth shattering news. A major SMS routing company is the victim of a five-year hack. SMS, for those who don't know, is the standard format in which text messaging is sent. Now, we use different formats nowadays for the most part, but for the longest time, this was how every cell phone texted to each other using SMS. But, Grant is being phased out now. It has been vulnerable for over five years. And you know what the best part is? No one knows what it means. No one knows just how much was vulnerable, who could read what, who was all affected by it. All we know is that the platform itself has had some major vulnerabilities has been confirmed hacked and information was skimmed from various text messages. <laughs> we don't know what! <laughs> Woo! Just a friendly reminder that nothing is safe, nothing is sacred. Get over it. And before anyone starts going, yeah, there's a much bigger hack going. Yes, we're going to get to Twitch. Don't worry. We're going to get to Twitch. I have words about the Twitch hack. Oh, do I have words. A lot, a lot of words. First, though, I want to talk about Facebook. Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, all suffered major outages. I actually can't remember exactly when. Did we actually? Was this actually within the time frame that we actually talked about it last week? No. I think it was out Monday. So it would have been right after Eagle Eyes on Tech aired. But this week for me has been just an absolute... This week lasted a month. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. My sense of time has been thrown off. Not unlike 2020. That being said, though, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, some people even joked about uh, Oculus being down. I haven't seen any news reports saying that Oculus was down. It's also quite possible that tech media is tech media and just never talked about it. But all I know is that Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram, which is Facebook's bread and butter, those three right there, were all down for... Uh, let's do, let's do the math. 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 7 hours. We'll say 8. Because, I mean, at 4, that's when services started appearing to come back online. We'll just say 8 hours. You know what the cause was? A problem with their domain name servers. Their DNS servers. Yeah, 
that that IT department over at Facebook, um, some words are we had with them. Because every minute that Facebook is out, that is money that is burning. But you want to know the real reason why the Facebook IT department is probably going to have a huge overhaul? You want to know the real reason? Because it went down again! (laughs) First it goes down on the 4th, and then it goes down four days later on the 8th. Guess what? Same issue. (laughs) The DNS servers. Again! Wow! I just, just... Just wow. I'm sure it's actually way more complicated than I'm making it sound. Especially when you're talking about, you know... A DNS server issue for something as massive as Facebook. Holy cow! To to have the exact same outage within the same week. I'll tell you what. It's not a good look. It's just not a good look. Almost as almost as much of as a good look as. First off, this uh, I want to talk for a minute about this uh, this whistleblower. Just real briefly, even though I'm probably going to end up ranting and raving and going on like a, 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 a 60 minute tirade on the Facebook whistleblower. With the amount that she's telling the public, it hurts her case. I am no fan of Facebook. Anyone who has listened to this podcast, I'd say most likely knows I am not a fan of Facebook, not by any stretch of the imagination. But this whistleblower that everyone is praising because they're blowing the lid off Facebook's greed. There is a shocking lack of detail. It would be like, what would it be like me doing? It would be be like me saying... Actually, I can't think of a good example because I don't really work for anything. And the one example I could think of would be Twitch because I actually am a subcontractor of Twitch. Except that example I was just about to come up with for Twitch is quite possible I could be proven right because of the breach. But she is just saying generically that they're putting profits... Before the best interest of the people. Saying that Facebook is promoting hateful speech. But the thing is, is that when then answering what is considered hateful speech... She then just goes to people spouting political opinions. Whether you agree or disagree, 
with what those people are saying, it's still just that. It's an opinion. Facebook is not the thought police. Although they try. They do try. And I do condemn them every single time we go ahead and hear about Facebook silencing this point of view and that point of view. You know, unless it's a point of view saying you should drink bleach. I mean, obviously don't drink bleach. That's going to kill you. That, that actually is hazardous to your well-being. There always is like a fine line. But then this whistleblower says that the government should get involved and regulate Facebook to censor content. Based on what? Because you feel that Facebook is putting their own interests of having an open platform like they say they do ahead of what you feel like should and shouldn't be said? Again, I don't like Facebook. Not at all. The way they conduct themselves, the way they go ahead and mine everyone's data, the way they terribly manage themselves, and the way they just leak out everything like it's nobody's business and constantly, constantly lie about what data they are mining, I would not mind seeing Facebook shut down. That being said, I don't like liars more. And I don't like BSers. And right now, at this point, based on what the Facebook leaker has, or not the leaker, but the whistleblower has shown, it's like her opinion. That's what we're seeing. And what she's asking for literally is, well, not literally, but could very well be First Amendment issues here in the United States. I actually do want to see how this is going because I actually want to see what earth-shattering evidence she has. Because I would love to be proven wrong. But based on what I'm seeing right now, it just looks like your crazy next-door neighbor that's crying wolf. But in the end, only time will tell. But I got a feeling, based on the way that uh, things regarding this Facebook uh, whistleblower are going, um, she is... I haven't heard anything about this since last weekend or since Monday. Monday was the last time I heard anything. That was it. So I guess we'll just see if anything's going to come of this. Speaking of other interesting Facebook things, uh, Facebook has banned a developer that was behind the unfollow everything tool. It is a browser extension that uh, makes it so that it automatically has your Facebook account unfollow everything. I like this guy. I like this guy. 
unfortunately, the developer was banned because the tool does, in fact, violate Facebook's terms of service for having a developer account, which, um... Yeah, I I can't argue that, but at the same time, uh, how, how, how do I unfollow everything? I would not mind signing into my Facebook and burying my feed forever. Never seeing it again. That'd be super. I don't think I'm ever going to get that lucky, huh? Feels bad. Meanwhile, a 17-year-old coder has found a way to unlink your Facebook account from your Oculus Quest 2 headset. The tool will go ahead and remove the Facebook requirement on your headset, but unfortunately, some of the key features will be gone. Specifically, the features that that will be gone are the Oculus Store, the Oculus Browser, Oculus TV, casting, certain apps that that were downloaded through the Oculus Store because of entitlement issues. Wait, what? And of course, all of all of Facebook's social media features. Now, fortunately, the creator of Oculus, they get it, posted a list of alternative software you can use to sideload that'll fill these feature gaps. I, for one... I'm glad to see it. I really, really am. I also just want to say once again, because I have to, I feel like I have to say this every single time that fa- that uh, Oculus news comes up. I hate the fact that I was right. I said when Facebook bought Oculus. That company would never be the same, and Oculus would never be as amazing as it once was. I hate the fact I was right. I really want to be proven wrong. But fortunately, people are in fact fighting back. Now, next poll prediction. Two weeks, this will be put. This will be patched. And the only way you'll be able to do it is by going ahead and flashing your uh, your Oculus to have a certain version that allows this break it, that allows this uh, what would you call? It? I'll call it jailbreaking. That allows this jailbreaking and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's gonna become just like the iPhone all over again, except the crew trying to save Oculus is definitely much smaller than the crew trying to save. The iPhone. All right. Is that enough ripping on Facebook? Let's rip on Microsoft instead. Woo. All right. Windows 11 has officially rolled out. You can, in fact, get Windows 11 for free. But. 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 First off, you must, of course, have a compatible system. 
You can install it on systems that are not new enough, but you're not going to get certain features, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Also, on that same point, don't do it. Don't take your free update of Windows 11 yet. Let's wait a couple of months. What? Why is that? You, you don't know why? But it's Windows 11. It's flashier, it's newer, and it's free. What could go wrong? Oh, you foolish fool. What could go wrong? Said no one ever. Well, let me tell you what could go wrong. First off, we have ZDNet that in their official review just says, Windows 11 is Microsoft's biggest minor upgrade, and it's all about new hardware. It feels that way, doesn't it? It does feel like the only reason Windows 11 exists is to push newer hardware. I mean, eventually we're going to have to upgrade to Windows 11. It's inevitable. As it'll just be a new version of DirectX that we won't be able to get on Windows 10. Something is going to eventually come out that's going to force everyone to switch over to Windows 11. You want to know how you get me to switch over to Windows 11, by the way? And I know there's no way they did this. I don't know how you do it. Never force install updates. You give me that feature on Windows 11, I will change my main rig over to it today on a separate hard drive. You give me that, and I'll switch. I'm pretty sure I said this in the past, too. But without it, I'm out. Especially since I am still, like, 88% certain that my hardware is not compatible. I actually haven't... There's, there actually is a system to go ahead and check that. So for those who don't know, my streaming, works, my streaming workstation actually is a commercial-grade workstation from a while back. It is, it's running an Intel Xeon E5-1620V4, which is a 3.5 gigahertz quad-core CPU rocking 32 gigs of RAM. Let's actually just quickly Google check this. Windows 11 upgrade checker. There we go. Let's just, let's just check this live on an audio-only podcast in which there's no live version at all. We have sales video, sales video, sales video, sales video, sales video, sales video. Holy cow, this... this, this Alright. Download the PC Health Checker app. I have downloaded the Windows PC Health Check app. I have accepted the terms of the Windows PC Health Checker app. It is installing right now. That's awful. 
Why? In any case, while it's installing to see if this system can even run it. Um, let's go over some of the other problems. So first off. All right, well, here's all right. So I just ran it. Here's what it said. Uh, this PC must support secure boot boot. Apparently this uh, apparently my Windows 10 is not in secure boot. Uh, trusted platform module tool must be supported and enabled on this PC. Apparently it is not. And yes, my processor isn't supported for Windows 11. Feels bad. Feels real bad i actually am now curious what xeons are supported oh it actually does say all right so you you want the killer part no e5 xeon is supported on the list first off this list actually is much more massive when you list them one by one the only xeons are supported are the the E series, which are intended for for laptops, the scalable Xeons. These are the big, big, big boy. The these are the big, big, big boy CP, CPUs that are found in servers and high end workstations. And the W series. These are the ones that you actually find in. Um, basically mid-tier workstations so my system is one generation too old for this and nothing of value was lost i'm not gonna lie that's probably the worst part about this is that even though my system is now confirmed doesn't doesn't handle it I don't really care. I mean, first off, there is AMD reporting that Windows 11 is slowing down their CPUs up to 15%. But a patch is coming, don't worry. And this is actually including both Zen, Zen 2, and Zen 3 processors. These these are, I'm sorry, Zen Plus so Ryzen 2000, 3000, 4000, and 5000 series processors can lose up to 15% of their performance on Windows 11. Ooh. That's a uh, oof. Windows 11 killer networking can experience some connection slowdowns in certain games. Killer Networking, for those who don't know, is... Who owns Killer Networking? I'm actually now not sure off the top of my head. But basically, they are like... Oh, it's Intel owns Killer Networking. They're like basically a brand for networking, for gaming, gamers. And basically, all they include is just like, hey, look, here's a standard networking card. But... 
we're going to automatically detect games and prioritize that traffic over other ones for best latency. That's basically all killer networking is. Let's be perfectly honest. You can accomplish the same thing with a good router. I need to work on a good router. But I digress. Windows 11 will also hobble performance by default on some gaming PCs. This is because Windows 11 on pre-builds will be enabling VBS on new PCs over the coming year, which can tank gaming performance by up to 25%. Oh, wonderful. So apparently VBS, virtual virtualization based security, which is enabled by default on OEM versions, is pretty much just intended for, well, virtualization, obviously. But for whatever reason, it's doing something weird with a lot of games. Wow. Just... Just wow. Oh, by the way, there's also a Windows 11 memory bug, too. So, you know, there's just there can just be a massive memory leak as well in your in your Windows 11 PC. Good thing my rig has a, has 32 gigabytes of RAM so it can handle that memory leak. Oh, wait, it doesn't matter because my freaking commercial grade Xeon isn't cool enough for Microsoft. Ugh. How dare I go ahead and breathe life into an old machine? How dare I? How dare I? Now I need to find a newer old machine to breathe life into because building a new machine is out of the question because I live in a dystopian hellscape in which all chips are just basically unobtainium. Yes, I'm still salty about the chip shortage. No, that's not going to change anytime soon. It just, it's, 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 it, it, it made sad. It saddens me. That's just all there is to it. But, um, if you're looking for some good Microsoft news, uh, Microsoft will make its devices easier to fix by vowing that, uh, they will go ahead and, uh, Analyze the environmental and social benefits of making device, I'm sorry, making device repair easier. Okay, no, that actually does make sense. I don't know. When I first like read the sentence, it's just like, oh boy, this is a grammatical nonsense. No, it actually is correct. I'm just losing my mind, which is par for the course. Microsoft has agreed and then some. Not only will the company study how to I'm sorry, study how increasing access to the part and information needed for repair can reduce its contributions to climate change and electronic waste. I like how they put those two side by side in this statement, by the way. They want to go ahead and get and get those uh, environmentalist brownie points by mentioning we want to reduce our contribution to climate change, and then also throw in the nah duh moment of 
I wonder if repair will help reduce the amount of electronic waste out there. Well, says the guy with uh, not one, but two HP Z440s that would be in a landfill somewhere if I didn't pick them up. Uh, by going ahead and extending the life of these machines, I have made it so that these machines, which would have been gone, see a second life and that my footprint in consumed electronics goes down. Because otherwise, without me, these would have just gone nowhere. And these are just desktops. Not to mention what I've done with laptops, tablets. Heck, there's one tablet that was that was destined to go, go to e-waste until I picked it up. Actually, it was destined to go to... I don't know where that lot was going, but I snuck one iPad off the lot. Managed to like buy one before someone sold the rest of it. But I digress. You just never know what you can find and how much use you can make out of it. So I would argue, yes. Yes. Offering parts needed for repair will, not can, but will, reduce electronic waste. I'm just saying. It's been kind of my bread and butter for a very, very long time. We're going to take a break here when we come back. The Twitch leaks. Oh, oh, the Twitch leaks. We're going to have a long talk about the Twitch leaks. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. What the heck, Twitch? What the heck? How did this happen? That is the real question of the hour. A massive leak was posted on 4chan. Early Wednesday morning. That would be on... I I only remember it's Wednesday because my phone... Figuratively exploded. It was just... Nuts. The amount of stuff that was... the, The amount of people that were talking about it. It was just absolutely crazy. One hundred and twenty eight gigs of source codes and user payouts. Now, what's amazing to me is that a ton of people, tons upon tons, this was actually primarily the focus of it, were freaking out as to. The huge payout numbers. 
Now, I have been advised against mentioning what the payout numbers are. But I will say that these payout numbers are big. They're big. Now, the ones that were posted were also from August 2019 to October 2021, which seems kind of odd. Especially since I don't think the October 2021 payouts have gone out yet. I don't think I've gotten my email yet talking about mine, at least. So I don't know how they could know what the October 2021 payouts are. How did I not notice that? Huh. Yeah, sure enough, I haven't seen, I haven't received my, uh, my payout notification from Twitch yet. I also could be looking in the wrong email too for that fact, so who knows? Anyway, the numbers are shocking, but not surprising if you have done any kind of, oh, I don't know, counting. You know how a lot of streamers have sub goals, their current sub point count, and then what they're trying to go for? Depending on the size of the streamer, multiply it by either 2.5 or 3.5, and you can get a rough idea what their payout is just from subscriptions alone. Like, it's not hard to do the math. Then you figure, you know, a very, very little bit for ad revenue. Ad revenue is hot garbage on Twitch. It it just is. Spoiler alert. But then after that, there's the bits, the cheering, which you'd have to watch the streamer and basically just keep a running tally to know. But I mean, when you start doing the math like that, it's not hard to see how some streamers could make if they're big enough into the seven digit figure over the course of two years that's the other thing to consider with these payout numbers it's over two years that also being said a lot of people are saying that the the leak is severely underestimating a lot of the earnings of big streamers. Now, some people are just saying, this is the curse very low because it's not including sponsorships or anything like that. Other people are saying, no, my payout wasn't that amount. Like, at all. What the heck? So some of the information in the leak is now questionable. But... Here's the real concern. Finding out that big streamers make big money, that's not news. It's disheartening if you're a smaller streamer. There's no question about that. You've worked your butt off for five, six, seven years. And when all is said and done from all your various sources, Twitch streaming, you barely make minimum wage. 
but you're living a happy life because, hey, you know what? I may not be making all that much money, but I'm doing what I love. Meanwhile, some other jerk who's, you know, a much bigger streamer is just rolling in it while you suffer and get, you know, no exposure whatsoever on a platform that keeps saying they, they're proud of the little people. Yeah. That's a blow. That's a very, very big blow. And I'm not talking about myself. I don't even make that much. I really, really don't. It doesn't take a genius to go ahead, look at my view numbers, look at my sub count, because that is a record that anyone can get their hands on. Do the math and realize that, yeah, when I say that Twitch is a hobby for me personally, I'm not lying. It really is. I even said publicly on my YouTube channel, content creation is a hobby to me. And for the most part, 100%, if not near 100% of what I make on both Twitch and YouTube who am I kidding? It's just Twitch. Goes back into the studio, into content creation, into getting games to give away. But there are people out there who aren't as fortunate as I am that Twitch streaming is all they have. They don't have another job that they make their living on. Those people make a lot more on Twitch than I do. But, you know, like I said, when they barely make minimum wage, and they worked hard to get to that point. But, you know, you see a list and see a lot of people making, you know, 30000 a month just on subscribers alone. It's disheartening. It really is. It's an emotional blow. But a lot of people have looked at my own absence from Twitch, which, by the way, has a little bit to do with the leak. But nowhere close to being the source of my absence from Twitch and saying, oh, that's why Eagle's not on Twitch. That's why he's not live streaming. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not on Twitch because I'm busy. But I also question my future on Twitch. Because not only was the payouts leaked, but the source code was leaked. Let that sink in for a minute. Not all that long ago. Twitch streaming was brought to its knees by, as far as we're told, two jerks with IRC chatbots spamming racial slurs. That's all it took 
for Twitch to be brought to its knees. And then it didn't help at all that there was some other follow bot nonsense going on and fear mongering to go with some nonsensical nothing follow bots. That's all it took, and Twitch couldn't handle it for two months. Longer than that, actually. Three, maybe even four. Now the source code is out there. Now if there is a vulnerability in Twitch's site, it will be found. Not can be. It will be found. It is a matter of time. And who knows what that vulnerability is going to lead to. People fear-mongering about follow bots stealing IPs. Oh, no, 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 no. Now it can happen. Now it is a possibility because that vulnerability does exist. It can be tested, confirmed it does work, and can then be used. And if Twitch's response to a real kind of attack is as painfully inept as it was against two jerks and IRC chat bots who, by the way, don't count as views, so even if you get hate-rated and you think, oh, I'll just run ads and make some money off it, no, you won't, because first off, A, you don't, you don't make money off ads. Let's be perfectly honest. You make pennies on ads. And second, they don't count as views because they're just IRC bots. They're not actually watching the stream and therefore are not picked up as, as views. It is painfully obvious when VTubers with seven viewers get hit by 600 bots and their view count stays at six. Or seven. Or whatever single digit number I just made up. It's not hard to figure out. So this has been a question I've been asking myself a lot. With the terrible ability of Twitch to respond to a pathetic, underline, a pathetic sort of spam attack like the hate raids were. Does this group of clowns that put chanting diversity before actually taking care of their own community and making sure their platform isn't a giant pile of garbage, are they able to handle a real hack? Well, let me put it this way. Twitch was hacked 
Wednesday morning. The earliest chatter I've heard about the about the leak was at 4 a.m. That was the earliest I saw anyone talking about it on all of my outlets. Twitch didn't confirm the breach took place until six hours later. And it wasn't until that night they posted a blog post on their useless, nothing, worthless blog that is absolutely abysmal to use, by the way. The Twitch blog might be the worst thing to blight the planet. And I have said this every single time I've had to go to the Twitch blog. It is awful. They didn't until that night at 12.30 a.m. on the 7th said that they have learned that some data was exposed to the internet due to an error in the Twitch server configuration change that was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. Our teams are working with urgency to investigate the the incident. So let me get this straight. Your dinguses opened up a hole when they implemented a configuration change And, oh God, would you hire the Facebook crew? The investigation is still ongoing. We are still in the process of understanding the impact in detail. We understand that this situation raises concerns. Let me interject. No! Really? It raises some concerns, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. At this time, we have no indication that login credentials have been exposed. We are continuing to investigate. Additionally, full credit card numbers were not stored by Twitch, so full credit card numbers were not exposed. I want to restate. At this time, we have no indication that login credentials have been exposed. We are continuing to investigate. One and a half hours later, out in abundance of caution, we have reset all stream keys. You can get your new stream keys at and the link to the stream, to the creator dashboard, depending on which broadcast software you use, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yada, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And it goes over all the details for resetting your stream key. No... Login credentials were stolen. But you're resetting stream keys. So on one hand, I mean, I've said this a couple of times, you know, when it comes to IT, you always want to make sure you are ahead of the game. You are being proactive. You're an ounce of prevention. 
All right. I, I get that. All right. And I actually agree with that stance. That being said, maybe you should have done that. Oh, I don't know. The moment you found out there was a breach? I'm just saying. It's almost a full day that abuse could have been going on. And second, login credentials were leaked. Multiple sources have confirmed that encrypted passwords were, in fact, in the leak. But that's the key. They are encrypted passwords. With the source code there, it should theoretically be possible to crack the passwords. It is why pretty much me and every other streamer on the planet said that you should A, reset your password, B, Enable two-factor authentication, which, by the way, if you are a Twitch affiliate or Twitch partner, you are required to enable two-factor authentication anyway. And then C, me and a number fewer streamers recommended resetting your stream key. So yeah, I had my stream key reset, and then I had my stream key reset again. It was redundant as heck. But you might be wondering what now? This was Wednesday. I'm recording this on Sunday. What have I heard? Nothing. We have heard nothing out of Twitch. Absolutely nothing. The last thing we saw out of Twitch was on the 7th, the post in regards to resetting stream keys. And then after that, a retweet about Indigenous Peoples Day. People think the source code is out there. I think the source code is out there. If the source code is out there, your platform is sunk. Because it is only a matter of time until security vulnerabilities are found and abused. And by the way, there was a problem. On the 8th, a meme photo of Jeff Bezos was put put as the background on all game directory headers. What's Twitch have to say about it? Nothing. Silence. 
They silently fixed it. We don't know if it was done with a type of hacking known as cash poisoning, in which no access to these Twitch servers were required. We don't know if it was done by the hacker who got the source code, just getting back in and doing this tweak, just as a reminder that this puppet master is in charge. We know nothing. All right, Twitch, here's my question. You have shown quite possibly absolutely the worst batch of accountability possible. And you know what actually makes all this better that I didn't point out? The only, the only way that Twitch has communicated so far is first off, A, on Twitter, B, on their blog that no mortal should ever visit unless they value their sanity, or as long as they value their sanity. And three, a notification on the Twitch website, but only in regards to resetting your stream key. How can I trust you, Twitch? Seriously. And before anyone goes, oh, it, it takes time to get through these all. Oh, hey, it takes time. You know, and hey, until then, business is going on, go on as normal. We want to make sure that we're inclusive. The back door has been busted in, and I don't even know if you actually even boarded up the back door. I don't get you, Twitch. Yeah, we've been hacked. Our source code's out there. Whatever. <sighs> what is the point of trying to continue doing this absolute, complete virtue signaling that you're all inclusive and all are welcome? If you can't even change the locks after being broken into. And the worst part of it all, the worst part of it all, they don't even send out an email. Not one. Zip. Zero. Nada. I don't want to say this sort of thing because th this is no better than a lot of the uh, the idiot sports fans in my state of Wisconsin. But I'll say this right now. Twitch, 
needs new leadership. And it's needed new leadership for a while. But I don't know how Twitch can look at its leadership and say, this is fine. It's not. You need to stop being so laser focused on inclusiveness. So that's not helping. It is not helping anything. It is not helping your PR. It is not helping everyone feel safe after you fail to take on a batch of IRC bots spamming racial slurs. And it's not helping the fact that you can't even seem to get a handle on a hack. I am, of course, going to be keeping a very close eye on the situation, not only for this podcast, but also for my streaming career with with like 28 air quotes around the word career. But I'm just saying this right now. Twitch needs new leadership and it needs new leadership two months ago. And it's almost getting to the point that it doesn't matter who it is. But they need it. And they need it now. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. One of the things that was leaked in the Twitch leak was a new sense of vaporware called Vapor. This was supposed to be a Steam competitor, most likely a refined version of the Twitch desktop app, which tried to launch eh, about how long ago was that? Two years ago? It kind of launched and kind of went nowhere. Three years ago? My view have been four, to be perfectly honest. That sucker is old. But that thing kind of went nowhere because it was a very inefficient piece of software. People try, And basically, Twitch tried to get a head start on it with using Twitch Prime to give away free games on that distribution center and give it a, a jump start. Vapor was most likely Twitch's attempt to take that, refine it, make it more Steam-like, and compete with Steam. Get it? Steam, Vapor, har, har, har. Not that it matters, because let's be honest, it's Vaporware now. There is no way after all of this has leaked about it that it stands a chance of surviving. There's just no way. Let's just be completely and perfectly honest. It is kind of a shame. I would have liked to have seen what it would have been and to see if it actually would have been any better than Twitch Desktop. Twitch Desktop was just bad. It just was. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. 
In other gaming news, the Switch OLED is now in the hands of reviewers and pretty much no one else. I, I, I want to laugh at that joke, but it's true. Consumer electronics are a myth. There are stories told to us by the lizard people and so that we have things to dream while they dust us with nanomachines and whatever. It's all a lizard people conspiracy. All right. In, in all seriousness, the Switch OLED ha has officially come out. If you're able to get one, you might as well go buy a lottery ticket. That's about how lucky you are. And... um some very interesting things about the screen honestly the screen is actually very good it is actually a true oled screen there was some speculation that it was going to being what is referred to as a pentile oled screen which is a much lower quality but let's be honest you would have expected it because the switch does everything it can to cut corners i mean heck the original switch has a plastic screen no glass But fortunately, it is a true high-quality OLED screen. Is it the best OLED screen in the world? No. Is it better than the LCD one? Oh, yeah. And you know what's even better? The screen bezels are now so small that um, it's actually a really good portable switch. Like, it's to the point where I'd actually look at it and say, like, you know... If you had the spare money and you went ahead and got the Switch OLED, I'd say it's a nice purchase. I would absolutely not get a Switch Lite still. The dock, of course, has been updated. One thing I actually did, I falsely said on the early bird briefing, because no one talked about this until Linus Tech Tips got their hands on it and talked about it, which unfortunately aired like, what, 10 hours after my podcast? It feels bad. People said there is a plastic screen protector on the screen that you should never, ever remove. Nintendo said you, need, you must not remove this thing, and everyone assumed, oh, man, th this is the Galaxy Fold all over again. OLED screen, plastic on plastic. It's a very damage-prone screen. The screen's glass. But it's not shatter-resistant glass. It's just glass glass. It's not like Gorilla Glass Victus or anything like that. So the screen protector is there to keep the glass in place in case of shattering. That's the reason for it. And with that, I'd say... Okay. Okay. I have not seen one in the wild yet. I have not gotten my hands on it at all, mostly because, oh, God, I have been so busy. Oh, God, I've been so busy. And on top of that, let's be honest, there probably isn't one available at my local Best Buy for me to get my hands on. And I'm not cool enough for Nintendo to send a review model to me. Heck, I'm willing to bet they didn't send a review model to Linus either. I'm willing to bet he got his hands... Actually, no, I know exactly where he got his hands on it. He got it from D-Brand. 
That's right! It was all sponsored by D-Brand! Nintendo didn't send squat! Oh, man. There is also updated Joy-Cons for, for the OLED model, but fortunately they still fit the old one. So that should mean, in theory, if you suffer Joy-Con drift and recalibrating doesn't fix it, you should be able to get these newer models of these newer model of Joy-Cons and just swap out your old ones that are spent. I mean, it's either that or go ahead, get a screwdriver kit, get your six different sizes of screws or whatever the heck it takes to take apart part of Joy-Con, disassemble it, hope you found the exact model of joystick that the Joy-Cons use, replace those, reassemble it, and put it all together. But no, no, no one would do that and have a sound mind at all. No one would ever do that. Yeah, the only reason I haven't done it personally is because I haven't had the time. Otherwise, I totally would do it. People know I would do it, too. But I digress. It's also for the same reason that I would absolutely not get a Switch Lite. The $100 off, even though that's a third of the cost, it's not worth it. I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend... If you are saving up for a Switch, save up a little longer. Grant, you're not going to be able to buy them anyway since, like I said, consumer devices are a myth. Told to us by the cat people and lizard people and whatever. Wee! And then tell us to, and then of course we can't get it. That also being said... You know, if you can go ahead and go 350 instead of 300 for the OLED model, honestly, OLED model is pretty good. The other thing I'll note out, internal storage is upgraded from 32 gigs to 64 gigs. As someone who's been having a lot of problems with his SD card, I just wanted to play Animal Crossing while thoroughly depressed one night. And it was corrupted again. Uh, I don't know what the heck is with the Switch and the three particular SD cards I've had, but it hates them all. But I digress. Going from 32 to 64 gigs of built-in internal storage is, I would say, a big deal. I really, really would say it is a big deal. The rear hinge is also, or the rear kickstand is also uh, bigger. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would say, um, if you can do it, do it. I wasn't on board with the OLED model. I, I was saying just get the standard model, standard model for life. The upgrade doesn't seem worth it. Now actually seeing them side by side by independent reviewers. 50 bucks for the extra screen real estate worth. I would actually say. It's worth it. Here's something that's a little surprising, though. Uh, first off, Nintendo had their supposedly final Super Smash Brothers Ultimate 
Direct, where they announced the final, final new character in Super Smash Brothers, which is Sora. That is actually much more interesting than people want to admit for a lot of reasons. And all those reasons are Disney. You can argue with pretty much every other gaming company to go ahead and buy the rights to get a character in their game. It's just a matter of what's the number to write the check for. Disney? You can't write a number to satisfy Disney. As weird as it sounds, as greedy as Disney seems, they will not sell out their IP, but they will do everything in their power. And I do mean everything in their power to make sure that when they do sell out, you do it on their terms or the deal is off. And you could definitely tell with Kingdom Hearts. That there was definitely, definitely, definitely some Disney strings on that. First off, Sora's abilities are uh, very lacking, to say the least. His ability to summon, summon various Disney characters, gone. It's not there at all. In fact, really, he plays a lot like just a random anime sword fighter. A lot of the things that make Sora Sora are not in Smash at all. It's kind of bizarre, and I can't help but think that it's not a limitation of the coders of Smash, but what Disney was allowed but, but, but Square made Sora. Square makes Kingdom Hearts. But Disney owns all the rights. A lot of people also speculated in 3. The reason why we didn't see Square Enix characters in Kingdom Hearts 3 was because the lead director, Nomura, wanted to prove that his designs could could outshine Square's. But that didn't make sense because all the other Final Fantasy characters that appeared in Kingdom Hearts were of Nomura's design. I think it's Disney. Disney threw their weight in that game. That is my assumption. At the very least. And I can defend that assumption. And then, of course, to make matters worse, that's all we're going to get out of Smash pretty much forever. But to coincide this launch and was possibly part of the deal in the first place, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, I'm sorry, the game Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 which is a collage of other Kingdom Hearts games as well as 1 and 2. 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, which... Mm, I hate that name. 
and Kingdom Hearts 3 are all available on the Switch. However, Kingdom Hearts 3 is being released as a cloud-only game, which kind of raised an interesting question. What did that mean? It turns out the Switch actually does have cloud gaming. They launched this at some point, apparently very, very quietly. Now, there is a decent chance that this was, in fact, talked about. And the fact that I might have talked about it here, and it just became like a bullet point sort of thing. But, like, everyone that I talked to when this was announced just kind of looked at me and just like, wait, what? You mean that isn't due? Oh, that, that wasn't. But basically, they were just like, when I asked them, wait, isn't this new? And looked at me and was just like, I thought if anyone you would know. But apparently, the Switch has had cloud gaming. Makes sense. I mean, there's no way that little Tegra process is going to handle every particle effect on the planet that Kingdom Hearts 3 has. I swear, the only reason why, the, why Kingdom Hearts 3 requires a PlayStation 4 is because of the particle effects. It is... The period reason, period. No excuse. But you know, more for us to enjoy. One last bit of gaming news before our last break. The Steam Deck Teardown. Valve released a very interesting video. It is called Take a Look Inside the Steam Deck TM with a thumbnail saying you shouldn't try this at all. And in fact, the video opens up with a very, very long disclaimer Saying that you really shouldn't do this. It's your property. You can go ahead and do it, but you really should leave this to a professional. We go ahead and use self-trapping screws on the on the inside of this th- thing in order to hold, hold it together as a cost-saving. Well, they don't say it's a cost-saving measure, but it's clearly a cost-saving measure. If damage is done to the battery, it can catch fire. It could potentially kill you. Now... They, they they also mentioned because of the self. Tra- they also mentioned that taking it apart can weaken the structural integrity of it and make it less drop resistant. And for the most part, they are correct. If damage is done to the battery and it doesn't immediately combust, it can in fact combust later. It can in fact start a fire. And if it's while you're asleep and unaware, that fire could kill you. It is extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely 
but welcome to the world we live in. As someone who has taken apart a lot of electronics, I have repaired countless laptops. I unfortunately have not repaired any cell phones. I do not have the tools to weaken and separate the glue that holds cell phones together. But older cell phones, I have replaced batteries. I have replaced USB ports and other such components of early, early smartphones. Back when it was very easy to get into them. I have replaced the CD-ROM drive on my GameCube. Took a broken device, breathed new life into it. You know, it's it's safe to say I am very I am someone who is very very comfortable taking apart electronics and fixing them. That is what how I approach this. I used to be a refurbisher before I became a podcaster and a Twitch streamer who also runs a laundry company. That's what I did. I do think that a lot of what Valve said here, although kind of taken to an extreme, is correct. These sort of things can happen if you are very, 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 very unlucky and really, really, really don't know what you're doing. But I'll tell you the same thing I told myself back when I was first doing this sort of stuff. Take your time and just keep track of everything. In the case of the self-tapping screws, you want to make sure they're brought down as low as they'd go without over-tightening because that can very, very easily strip them. In the case of the battery, disconnect it. Disconnect the battery before you work on anything inside the device. As far as the anti-static wristband goes. If you're new and you want the extra layers of safety, wear one and make sure it's alligator clipped to something grounded. Alternatively, you could just do what I do. In the work environment you're using, make sure you are on a non-carpeted floor so you can't build up static electricity. Make sure you have something next to you that is grounded. In my case, it is my streaming rig. Just tap the, the metal side. The metal side of the case is grounded because, of course, it's plugged in and that's grounded. And you're good to go. Just every so often, boop, tell something that's grounded, discharge any, any sort of buildup you have, and you're fine. I have never, ever, except maybe once, but I still am highly suspect of the part I got was just sketched from the get-go. I have never shorted anything 
via static. And after looking at how the Steam Deck is assembled, assuming that there is an easy way for me to reinstall the operating system, I am a thousand percent on board for buying the very, very, very base model of the Steam Deck, going and handpicking out my own SSD and installing it. But that also being said, they did point out some very important things in regard to their, such as their SSDs being part, being handpicked specifically because they do not interfere with the SOC that's right next to it. That is a very good point. You can get some SSDs that are stupid high-powered, which means it's going to kill your battery life. It's going to generate extra heat, which is going to hinder performance. As well as some electromagnetic waves and whatnot. That's also a possibility. I would argue the heat's going to be a bigger issue. So a lot of people were kind of ripping on this video because the editing is bad. There is no defending that editing. There is all kinds of flavors of uh, continuity errors in the editing. Like really, really, really bad continuity errors. Like saying, hey, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take out the battery. We're going to, or I mean, unplug the battery so we can continue working. Next scene, the battery's plugged back in. That's no good. Like whoever shot the video did a bad job. Whoever edited the video also did a bad job. They really, really, really needed to work better together. They get more A and B roll on that sort of thing. A roll being, in this case, the actual footage of them tearing the device down. And some B-roll just being some, like, general shots of the device that they could use to fill in their disclaimers and talking about various little this and that. Like, hey, talking about the, um, talking about the self-tapping screws, you got a close-up of the self-tapping screws. Actually, you want to, you want to, you know what I actually am thinking now that I'm, actually talking about this into a mic out loud. I'm willing to bet Valve didn't script this at all. The more I think about it, the more and more I think they didn't script a single bit of it, and that's why it's kind of this weird disjointed mess that they shot it. Then... The voiceover kind of got his script. And then the editor was just told, hey, match these. When in reality, it should have been scripted first. And the script should have included instructions for the camera work. Then the voiceover, then the editor. 
Yeah, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that's... I, th I think I'm right. I think I'm 100% right. Let me know what you think. I'll actually, I'll actually, when I post this, make sure there's a... a poll if you think I'm right or not on Spotify, since that's now a new thing that Anchor lets me do. We're going to take our last break here and put a bow on today's episode with a bit of YouTube news, as well as proof that NVIDIA will never, ever learn. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Let's put a bow on today, shall we? YouTube Music continues its development at a comical, comical bad speed. So YouTube Music replaced Google Play Music, which was... Google Play Music basically was Google's iTunes competitor, and then they killed it five years ago. And replaced it with YouTube Music, even though YouTube Music was missing a lot of the features that Google Play Music had. But good news, YouTube Music has added an important feature, background playback. Yes, only now YouTube Music has added the ability for you to launch the app and play its music in the background while you do something else on your phone. Just, just, just wow. Meanwhile, YouTube TV wants to justify its existence. And fortunately, they have reached an agreement with NBC. So that NBC channels will stay on the surface, the, the, the surface, the service. So this is going to include NBC Universal, including USA, EC... CNBC, Bravo, NBC with NFL Sunday Night Football. It will continue to air. So basically, you get NBC and a bunch of other stuff you don't care about. Let's be honest. You don't care. You don't care about E. You don't care about CNBC. You might care about i want to say bravo actually does have some good shows but i could be misremembering e used to have the soup and that was the only thing that was ever good on e you know it and i know it unless you never heard of the soup in which case you're missing out 
Because it was basically an entire clip show making fun of every other piece of content that would ever air on E. I miss the soup. I still do. Uh, But fortunately, they reached a temporary extension. No word, unless I look forward, nope, about um, what is going to end up happening. The main reason we are seeing these sort of disputes going on is because NBC has, in fact, launched its own streaming service called Peacock, which is free to watch with advertising. I never thought I'd be happy to hear that, considering the amount of absurdity that is the streaming video service wasteland we now live in, where everything you ever wanted to watch is now spread across 28 different streaming services. You'll never figure out which one is which, and if you just want them all, you will end up paying as much as your cable bill and never be able to keep track of where is what. And you will eventually just be driven absolutely insane while trying to figure it all out. You know I'm right, too. YouTube service, by the way, is going to continue at $65 a month, I want to say. But you actually do get a lot of content for that, and it might actually be cheaper than your standard cable bill in your area. I am not sure on that for a fact. All I know is I am perfectly happy not having any of these services except for Hulu so I can keep so I can keep tabs on Archer. By the way, without giving away anything, because I haven't had a chance to stream or talk about this sort of stuff, I finally did catch up on Archer. And one thing that I actually, I think I actually even talked about here on the podcast that ended up happening was um, the voice actress for one of the main characters, Mallory Archer, passed away. And I was concerned this meant the end of Archer. I'll I'll say this much without spoils. They handled it in a very, very respectful. They they handled they handled death in a very respectful way, as well as pretty much ensuring the show will live on without that that lead role. I think they handled it very, very well. Meanwhile, Nokia has released the Nokia T20, which is its first tablet that is running. Wait, is it wait, is it actually running Nokia Mobile or is it from the company Nokia Mobile? So it looks like it's running Android, but I'm not entirely certain. It is running Android. It's running and- Android 11. This device is This device is running a T610, some kind of processor. It has a 10-inch screen, which is a 2K screen by a 5 by 3 screen ratio, a 6200 milliamp battery, compatible with a 15-watt charger, even though a 10-watt is only available in the box, 
running three or four gigs of RAM, which is kind of disappointing. There's a little low on RAM there, but you know, we'll see how things go. It is compatible with two, three, or 2G, 3G, and 4G. No 5G compatibility. That is perfectly fine. It is just a freaking tablet. It weighs 470 grams. I am not sure what that is in Imperial units. Go ahead and convert it on your own time. Dual microphones, IP, IP52, which I'm not sure what that means. It does have a built-in FM radio for reasons that cannot be explained by mortals. And it will be available for I am unable to find it on this page. I can't imagine it's going to be much. I mean, honestly, aside from the RAM being a bit low, it seems like a solid device. Like, here's the thing with tablets, okay? Android is not a good tablet operating system. It isn't. Android has a bad habit of just feeling kludgy very, very quickly. It'll be available for 180 pounds for the baseline model or the or the LTE device will be available for 200 pounds. I imagine USD would be very, very close, assuming it ever sells in the States. I actually am curious. I actually want, I, if it weren't for the fact that I have so many things I need to do with my life, I want to get my hands on one of this and see how it behaves. I really, really do. I want to give Android and a tablet environment another chance. But I have a feeling it has not improved greatly in recent history. Like there just hasn't been that kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? There hasn't been a big push for any kind of evolution of Android on tablets. What there has been an evolution on, though, is the Epic Game Store adding achievements. Yes. The Epic Game Store. The PC game platform destined to change the world only now has an achievement system. Remember how they couldn't figure out what to do to set themselves apart, so they just end up spending barrels upon barrels upon barrels of money getting making game side exclusivity contracts to stay on their platform and only on their platform for a, for a limited time. What if they instead focused on features like this? actually bring themselves up to a point where they could be 
somewhat competitive. Wouldn't that have been a crazy thought? Actually making a gaming platform that was worth something instead of just being whatever the heck this is. Huh. Darndest thing. Meanwhile, in the world of the Penguin, Linux has found a way to run natively on an Apple M1-based Mac. While Linux isn't adopted very, very frequently by mainstream users, one thing that is constantly done is trying to see, can we make a version of Linux that runs on this, that, and the other thing? And I'd say... 99.9 forever percent of the time? The answer is yes. Inevitably, Linux, someone will make a version of Linux that will run on anything. Your phone, someone made a version of Linux for that. Your desktop, of course someone made a version of Linux for that. Your Mac, someone makes a version of Linux for that. Your fridge, someone made a version of Linux for that. My watch, someone made a version of Linux for that. My Game Boy, someone made a ver version of Linux for that and then made it run Doom, because they could. The remote control for my AC unit, someone probably somehow figured out a way to get a version of Linux to run on that. My OSSC, it probably already runs a version of Linux somehow, somewhere. Your PS3, of course someone figured out a way to, to run Linux on that. The PS2 sitting next to me, oh yeah, someone figured it out. The hard part was just getting the, the OS on there. Then getting to run was the easy part, most likely. The worst part is about that example. I don't know if I'm right, but I'm I'm willing to bet that's probably exactly how it went too, because that's usually the hard part in getting any version of Linux on any sort of game console, is just figuring out a way to bypass the lockdown environment that is the game console. Then getting Linux on is the easy part after you figure out that. So the new frontier, of course, is Apple's custom M1 silicon. Oh, now you're not dealing with a hard, with a software block anymore. You're now dealing with a custom made chip exclusively for running on, running Mac OS and only Mac OS 11. You have no chance. They never figure out how to do it, except then they did. If there's one thing you can tell the Penguin crew, they will never give up in making sure that some flavor of Linux will run on pretty much anything. Heck, this sure microphone I'm probably talking talking in. Someone probably figured out a way to have Linux run on that too. <laughs> probably not. But it would not surprise me at all if some lunatic found like the little bit of circuitry in here that processes my voice and then sends it on an analog line down down and that well actually no, there can't be any circuitry because it's all analog. Anyway, this joke is getting dumb. 
Not that it really matters, because the moment you start talking about... That, that's the thing with Linux. You try to come up with an absurd example of what they could get Linux running on, and it's probably happened. Speaking of absurdity, there is a leaked video of the Pixel 6 Pro being torn down and assembled inside the factory. Never before have we had this much information about a phone. We, we know everything. We know the RAM. We know the processor. We know the battery. We know, we know the screen size. We know the look. We know the colors. We know everything except the price and the benchmarks. We even already have the teardown. We know the, how this phone looks in, literally inside and out. This is crazy to me. It really, really is just absolutely crazy to me. Of course, this video is now gone. But... Yeah, you know, it's out there now. Someone's going to repost it at some point. In the end, guess what? Hey, look, there's going to be a Pixel 6 Pro. It's going to be the most boring freaking keynote you've ever heard because you already know all the surprises. Except for the price. Speaking of things that aren't a surprise, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. It's Twitch being hacked. No, I'm kidding. That is the weirdest story of the week. And their inability to react to it is also the weirdest element of all of this. But that's way too important to put at the last bird position. Instead, I give you crypto miners bypassing NVIDIA's LHR limiter by using this clever workaround. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Cryptocurrency miners are using modern nvidia gpus to mine for a cryptocurrency now at a hundred percent efficiency by bypassing the limiter you want to know how well think about this for a second the limiter in the lhr cards is only limiting the ethereum hash rate so what do they do do they mine something else? Yes. They use the card to mine two coins at once. Ah! <laughs> Here's the real question I have to ask. How did it take the cryptocurrency miners to do to figure this out? How did it take him this long to do it? You want to know how it took him this long to do it? I don't know this for, for certain, but you want to know how I'm willing to bet it took him this long to get to figure this out? 
It took them this long to get a hold of a card with an with LA with a hash rate limiter on it. Cause no one can get a hold of these blasted things, including the cryptocurrency miners. Uh Needless to say, once again, never ever underestimate people's ingenuity when it comes to wanting to get money. Now, with that said, seeing as how we're talking about cryptocurrency, I should point out Ethereum has been down lately. It is currently at 3.4 thousand. Actually, it was trending up over the week. Opening at 3.2K, going up to 3.6, and now dipping down to 3.4. You look at that over a month, it's been all over the place. Bitcoin, on the other hand, which, by the way, you do not mind using a graphics card at all, over this last week has been up dramatically. 46.9 thousand all the way up currently at the time of recording this to 55,000.3. The value of crypto is going up. GPUs are still being rare. And in the end, no matter what we try to do to stop them, blind faith in nothing seems to continue to win out. That also being said, if you want a quick chuckle in all this, uh, Cracked actually did release a good parody video on cryptocurrency. Actually do showing quite a bit of knowledge on how it operates. While also simultaneously, like myself, ripping on its absolute absurdity and why it absolutely shouldn't work. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do apologize for the unusual uh, podcast format today. I know it's a little bit of different energy because there's no live audience and whatnot, but I do appreciate you listening. Well, apparently doing a uh, doing it live but with no audience hasn't fixed my ability to speak that that much for certain i do encourage you to check out my uh, my other works twitch.tv slash eagle falcon when i actually do decide to stream again youtube.com slash eagle falcon and check and uh check out the early bird briefing the other daily podcast still doing that take care and i hope you have a good day
how many freaking different coins are out there that are actually worth anything? I, I really don't get this. I really don't. I don't know how this many people can look up cryptocurrency and say, yeah, I'm willing to back that. Even though the only thing that's giving any value is pretty much other lunatics like myself willing to say that's worth value. I will never, ever understand it. And every time someone tries to explain to me exactly how it works and why it's going to work and I'm just a, a, a freaking corporate suit or something, they just sound even crazier and dumber. Like, I want to put something funny here, but the more and more I think about cryptocurrency, the more and more it drives me insane. Why is this my life? <laughs>